Welcome to the Daily Dad Podcast. During the week, we bring you a daily meditation of the best parenting wisdom you can find, drawing on history and philosophy and psychology literature to inspire you to be a little bit better at the most important job you have. And then on the weekends, I have sort of a wrap-up conversation with my friend, fellow dad, and writing partner, Niels Parker. We just explore what's going on in our lives, what we're struggling with as parents, what we're doing well, what we want to do better, and what we've learned along the way, and what we've learned in the last week. So let's go. One of my rituals each morning, I take my vitamins and my son does his as well. We both take a ritual multivitamin, who is actually the sponsor of today's podcast. Ritual isn't your typical multivitamin, because a lot of multivitamins have bad stuff in them. Sugars, GMOs, synthetic fillers, or artificial colors. Ritual has a clean, vegan-friendly formula made with key nutrients that your body can actually use without any of the weird extras. So my son and I, we pop our Ritual vitamins. Ritual is formulated with key nutrients, including vitamin D3 to help fill gaps in the diet. It's got a fresh-tasting delayed-release capsule on the adult ones. The kids' ones is a gummy. Ritual vitamins are for everyone. They've got specific lines of vitamins for men, women, kids, and teens. Your whole family can get the right vitamins scientifically developed for them. Your multivitamins are delivered every month to your door, free shipping, and you can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. And if you don't love it in your first month, they'll refund your order. Get your key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering a 10% discount right now for your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash daily dad. Start your ritual today. How to raise a resilient child. Every parent wants a resilient child. Nobody feels good sending a fragile or vulnerable kid in the world. We know that resilience isn't just a tool to weather the inescapable hardships in life, but it's also the secret to surviving everyday problems without losing your cool, like dealing with difficult people or running late to an important meeting. The oak fought the wind and was broken, the author Robert Jordan once wrote. The willow bent when it must and survived. We need our kids to be able to bend without breaking, and to do that, we must model, teach, and cultivate resilience in them, body and soul. So how do we teach our kids to be resilient without turning our homes into quasi-military boot camps? How do we expose them to the harshness of life without making them jaded? Well, here are a few of our favorite strategies for moms and dads looking to teach their kids the art of resiliency. Resist the urge to intervene. That's the first one. The protective parental instinct is impossible to ignore. We are always trying to protect our kids and keep them out of harm's way. But is that really the best thing for them? In the book, 12 Rules for Life, world-renowned clinical psychologist and thinker Jordan Peterson writes about the importance of letting kids engage in potentially dangerous activities. In the chapter, Do Not Bother Children When They Are Skateboarding, he writes about witnessing children skateboard without helmets on and provides the following counterintuitive opinion. Some might call that stupid. Maybe it was, but it was brave too. I thought those kids were amazing. I thought they deserved a pat on the back and some honest admiration. Of course it was dangerous. Danger was the point. They wanted to triumph over danger. They would have been safer in protective equipment, but that would have ruined it. They weren't trying to be safe. They were trying to become competent, and it's competence that makes people as safe as they truly can be. Of course, this doesn't mean that you should encourage your kids to be the next evil Knievel. That's an accident waiting to happen. 
However, if we intervene constantly in our kids' lives, if we refuse to let them fail or hurt themselves or shield them from any kind of struggle, we're not helping them. We're teaching them that whenever things are about to get bad, someone will bail them out. That's not how life works. And if we wish to raise competent children, we have to refrain from intervening all the time. Promote adaptation, not accommodation. There is a common misconception about parenting, and that is that in order to be a good parent, you have to accommodate all of your children's needs. At face value, this would seem like good practice, right? Who doesn't want their kid to feel happy and accommodated all the time? However, we also have to be cautious about over-accommodating. If we fail to teach our kids the importance of being adaptable, if we coddle them and make them believe that the world will adapt to them, they're going to have a rough go at life. In the Stoic Parent course, we talk about Theodore Roosevelt's father teaching him this very lesson. Theodore Roosevelt spent almost every day of his childhood struggling with horrible asthma. He had almost nightly near-death attacks. He was left bedridden for weeks at a time. And one day, his father came into his room and told him, Theodore, you've got a mind, but you haven't got the body. I'm going to give you the tools to make your body. It's going to be hard drudgery, but I think you have the determination to go through with it. Theodore Roosevelt's younger sister, who witnessed the conversation, said it was the first display of what would become his trademark cheerful grit. He looked at his father and said these words with determination, I will make my body, and he meant it. His father built him a home gym where Theodore Roosevelt worked out every day for the next five years, slowly strengthening his body against his weak lungs. Swimming, rowing, hiking, and lifting weights were typical activities for this future president, and by his early 20s, his battle against asthma was essentially over. He'd worked the weakness out of his body. Not many children would have the natural inclination to work as hard as Teddy Roosevelt did, but a tremendous amount of credit is owed to his father, who instead of giving in to Teddy's poor health, encouraged him to overcome it. A good dad knows how to strike the balance of pushing a kid's limit without leaving them feeling defeated. It takes time, but the strategy works. Help them manage their emotions. That's next. Not very much is known about the childhood of Marcus Aurelius, but we know that he struggled to control his temper early in life, as all of us do. In Marcus's meditations, he writes, a real man doesn't give way to anger and discontentment. And such a person has strength, courage, and endurance, unlike the angry and complaining. The nearer a man comes to a calm mind, the closer he is to strength. We all struggle to manage our emotions in our interactions with others at work. In highly stressful situations, we don't rise to the occasion. We fall to the level of our emotional immaturity and preparation. And this is especially true for children who don't have as much experience at this as we do. So even if you're not great at managing your temper, it's important to try to make your kids better at it than you do. And even though we're talking about managing their emotions, this isn't to say that they should suppress their emotions all the time. There's a famous story about Marcus Aurelius breaking down in tears at the loss of one of his tutors. And Antoninus Pius, his stepfather, prevents one of his other tutors from trying to stop Marcus from crying. And he says, no amount of philosophy prevents a person from feeling things. So it's about processing our emotions, dealing with them, not being at the mercy of them. Got a quick message from one of our sponsors, and then we'll get right back to the show. Stay tuned. Hey, everyone. Is there a single thing that we have talked about more than reading and reading to your kids here at Daily Dad? I don't think so. As I've said, I think it's super important to introduce your kids to reading as early as possible in their lives to help them fall in love with books. We're trying to raise readers, as we've said. Well, Radio has a virtual storytime platform called Book Chat. 
Book Chat lets you read your favorite award-winning books over video chat with your loved ones, no matter how far apart you are. It's perfect during the pandemic, perfect if you've got uh, grandparents on the opposite coast. The Radio Library includes hundreds of books from publishers like Chronicle and Simon & Schuster. It's got stories in English, Spanish, and French. All of this can be yours for just 10 bucks a month. Up to four family members can be on the same book chat simultaneously, letting you share a story with everyone you want. And you can use book chat anywhere on your PC, laptop, tablet, phone. You can try Radio out for yourself with a 30-day trial here using the code DAILY on Radio.com. That's R-E-A-D-E-O.com to get 30 days of virtual story time for free. Again, use code DAILY on Radio.com. Um, tell the truth. We have to be mindful of white lies. A white lie usually refers to a lie that is only utilized for good and has minimal effect on the person who is being lied to. We do this to save face, to be considerate, as parents were the masters of telling white lies to our children. Mommy and daddy are just talking about something important, which means mommy and daddy are arguing. Don't worry, we're just a little tired, really means that the financial stress of being laid off is weighing on me. And while our head is in the right place when we say these things, there's a fine line between refraining from telling the truth because they're too young to understand and refraining from telling them the truth because they can't handle it. In raising resilient children, we must learn to challenge ourselves to tell the truth. And if they catch us fighting with our spouse, we have to explain that sometimes this happens. If they catch us when we're feeling stressed, we have to explain that life is stressful. And while this might seem a bit adult, that is the point we are trying to make them into adults. We want to reward their curiosity with legitimate answers rather than half-truths and white lies. Lying to them doesn't foster growth. It hinders it. Show them that everything is figureoutable. That's next. The last thing any parent wants is for their kid to be helpless. Someone who has been pampered so much as a child that they can't solve real-world problems is precisely this. Not having problem-solving skills is debilitating once a child reaches adulthood, which is why we have to teach our kids the mantra of writer and entrepreneur Marie Forleo. She says everything is figureoutable. It's beautiful, isn't it? Simple and self-explanatory. Everything is figureoutable. Every solution, every problem has a solution. That's just a fact. It might not be the solution you want, but there is one. And that's what the idea of the obstacle is the way means as well. Each problem presents you an opportunity to move forward, even if it doesn't seem like it. No one says it will be easy, but that there is some way to move forward. A common saying in parenting is that little kids bring with them little problems while big kids bring with them bigger problems. But either way, every one of these problems is figureoutable, and we have to show them how that works. And that leads right into the next idea, which is we have to show them how this works by example. We must lead by example. Every child remembers some example of implicitly or explicitly hearing, do as I say, not as I do, which quite honestly is about the worst thing that a kid can see. Parents are their primary social models. If you swear and throw things when you're angry, chances are they will do the same. We must remember the advice that John Wooden had on his wall in the form of a poem. It's summarized with the idea, a little fellow follows you. Your kids are walking behind you, watching you constantly. Are you showing them how to be resilient? Are you showing them how you bounce back from your problems, how you are improved by the things that happen to you, that you figure things out, you manage your emotions? If so, they will become so. If not, they will not. 
So what does a resilient child look like? Well, it's not easy to answer, but we can say that a resilient child doesn't crumble every time things go wrong. In interacting with difficult people, they feel empathy for them instead of frustration. When plans change, as they often do, these kids are not surprised. They're indifferent. Raising a resilient child means they are capable of coping with the conditions of suffering. Things will bother them, sure. They will still get upset and lose their cool every now and then. That's what kids do. But the resilient child will bounce back and learn from their mistakes. And as adults, their coping skills will be more refined as a result. No parent is perfect. We all make mistakes. But if we accept that life has suffering in it, we realize that it is a waste of time to shield our kids from it. No, we must prepare them for it, train them like a Spartan preparing for war as soon as they can walk. And in the end, we'll have raised adults who are ready and willing to thrive despite the difficulties of life. As Marcus Aurelius said, they will be improved by what happens. They will be improved because the obstacle is the way. Hey, thanks for listening to the Daily Dad podcast. Please leave us a review. It helps. Tell your friends. Share this with other dads. And of course, you can sign up for an email version of this podcast at dailydad.com.